Carl. Good morning. Hey, Paul. Good morning. Good to see you. Good to see you. It's been a little break. Yeah, you know, you've been... Three weeks. You've been traveling. Yes. Yeah. I have traveled through Korea, parts of Japan. You've been traveling in, in Japan that turned into Korea. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somewhat stoically, we... <laughs> okay. We turned... We, we basically, due to some visa issues, we turned our... What was supposed to be our honeymoon trip in Japan. Oh, I didn't know that that was the significance of this. Well, we rebranded it. After it turned into kind of a visa fiasco, we rebranded it to just a trip. I see. Okay, you rebranded just a trip. Okay. I didn't know that it was ever branded as the honeymoon trip, actually. Yeah, well... You and your wife have been married for four or five years at this point? Yeah, we're about to... Next year, we're going to host our wedding party. Which will be a five-year anniversary party. Yes, okay, got it. So, yeah, so we, so anyway, so it, it started off as honeymoon trip. Then we found some budget airline tickets and, and there were all these like little things that happened that started to kind of chip away at, is this the honeymoon or is this just a trip? I see. And then by the time we got to the visa fiasco where we couldn't even get into Japan, it very much became just a trip. Just a trip. Okay. Yeah. That's a, I think nice that you have the flexibility to downgrade it to just a trip and right, it doesn't right. have to feel like the honeymoon. Yeah. Maybe that's a stoic thing to do. Mm. Uh, yeah. Instead of saying, well, this is our honeymoon and we we ended up in a country where we're, we're planning for and, and don't have any hotels books. Yeah. It's a it's a a way of controlling what you can control. You sure. can you can't control whether or not the Japanese authorities let you into Japan. You can control if you call this trip your honeymoon or not. Yeah. So that's what you did. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. So how about you? What's been going on? Well, less exciting stuff than that, but we, we mentioned this before the before we started recording. One thing I did this past week was I was summoned in San Francisco for jury duty, Ooh. which has me had me thinking about Marcus a little bit because obviously his philosophy is very interested in the notion of duty, right. which is some which jury. is which has always distanced me from him because I've always duty has it, it just doesn't I get that it was a relevant concept in his life, but it's always something where I'm kind of like puzzled to figure out where the concept of duty fits in my own life, right. and this was a very literal form of duty. That I have to say, put maybe put even more distance between me and Marcus because really? if if this is what duty is all about, let me say I am not not that much yeah. interested in duty because it was really boring yeah. and uh, did not connect. Or uh, some people have who I know have done jury duty and felt sort of enlivened or connected to the democratic society in which we live. Wow. And I have to say that was not my experience. It felt very bureaucratic and boring and like frankly a big waste of my time yeah which well, it's funny that you say it makes you feel disconnected from marcus the fact that you even showed up makes you may feel like you're very connected to marcus <laughs> like, I, I would i just can't even imagine i've received these things in the mail before uh, and you I just don't go never, yeah boy it's yeah it seems I, ridiculous yeah I, I guess that is what I, and, and you never get in trouble i don't know so. They're not going to just take something out of my tax return. They, later. They're not going to, you're going to get pulled over at some point and they're going to take you away in handcuffs because you, well, I just, I didn't see it. You yeah. Know, I guess, day, like, I guess oh, that, I ex know. don't we all, I mean, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a letter in the mail. Yeah. In theory, I guess, I think we do have some sort of legal responsibility to be responsive to letters we receive yeah. in the mail, but I think it's a good argument that in practice we're not. I it's yeah. I didn't see it. It's yeah. Yep. I, what it reveals is how much yeah. of a rule follower I am. Right. And just if somebody tells me I have to do something or I'm breaking yeah. the law, I just do it blindly. Yeah. I may take a page out of your book next time I get one of these summons because although now I'm, now I'm 
on record as the kind of guy who shows up for yeah. jury duty. So well, you're gonna you're start you're gonna start getting a lot of other inbound duty. Yeah, duty exactly. Based yeah, I might I might have to move. If I identified you as a sucker, <laughs> yeah. so now it's gonna be like, oh, yeah. your duty is to claim this, this part of the sidewalk. Yeah. The yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. No, good for you. Yeah. Uh, so well, look, I think Marcus. On one hand, he's like, yeah, this is this is the job, and he would definitely he would definitely complain about it, but then he would that said he also hates like people beneath him with petty concerns yes for <laughs> sure and and there were certainly plenty of those sort of yeah little tyrants present here you know, the clerk or whoever who's trying to orchestrate people right. to do you know and is yelling at everyone to wow. listen and sit down and whatever it really felt like being in kindergarten again at times a sort wow. of like being treated like a child I, the thing i guess I was thinking about with Marcus and his relationship to this particular form of duty is that, you know, he had these duties to his people and to his soldiers and to, to really sort of present factors in his life that informed things that he needed to do right now in a very sort of concrete and meaningful way. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think, what I meant earlier when I said that this creates distance because to me that's not really... I don't see most of the stuff that I do in my life as coming from a place of duty. I get to do stuff mostly because I want to do it, mm -hmm. not because I feel like it's an obligation to somebody else mm -hmm. or uh, people in my life. I wonder with this form of duty, jury duty, which is a much more abstract form of duty than, than the kind of thing that Marcus is usually talking about, I think, when he talks about duty, hmm. if he really would give a shit about it. Sorry, break that down. What, is, what do you mean by abstract form of duty? You... To me, it's abstract in the sense that we were obligated to, to do jury duty as adults in a democracy because there's this constitutionally enshrined right. right to trial by a jury of your peers. But if you don't do jury duty, it doesn't fucking matter. Whereas if Marcus betrays his duty to protect his people or to lead his soul, you know, organize his soldiers effectively, it matters in a very meaningful way the first time he fails to meet that duty. Whereas jury duty is a, an example of a duty that yeah, a huge swath of the population doesn't even bother with, yeah. even though in theory it is a duty that we have all agreed that we yeah. share. Yeah. So there's there's a difference in the kinds of duties. That's a very like um, thoughtful approach to breaking down the various duties and their actual importance. It seems difficult. I, I wonder if someone like Marcus would just black and white it. Just there's duty and there's not duty, and you know, because because I, I I think I would guess that a lot of you know, he could he could tell himself, well, I could do all of this orchestration on the front. I could do it all from Rome. It's right. like I have very capable generals. I don't actually need to be here in the rain in my tents. You know, I, and I wonder where that line starts. To, if you're really trying to take every task and decide, okay, is this actually important duty or is this the like abstract duty? It just starts to get really right difficult yeah yeah it's a fair point it's, it's, and in some ways yeah it's, it feels like stoicism and sometimes is kind of about like a little bit of blind adherence in a way where it's like you, yeah. re you recognize that something is a duty and rather than philosophizing about it you just shut up and go do it yeah or it, it's about it's a philosophy of like minimizing just like the things that are frustrating in life and one of them is trying to constantly moralize about every little thing so you just kind of you just apply a framework yeah that's where you don't have to make th these decisions and you just and that way you live a happier life right uh, but, 
there is one i feel like yeah. decision you do have to make though that he is about like how to align your duty and your actions and your morality basically like he i i think he's he does encounter situations where he's like you have to figure out what your duty is in a particular situation it's not always oh obvious. sure yeah there are times uh, where that's yeah i mean yeah. if you get a letter from jury duty then it's pretty obvious what your duty is but yeah there are times where yeah. the hard part i guess is is when it's when it's abstract yeah okay. yeah Interesting. I'm, I'm hoping we'll get more i guess maybe on this subject because it, it does yeah. feel to me like duty is a notion that underpins a lot of this philosophy but yeah. he hasn't actually maybe it's because it was obvious to him what was meant by that or how it yeah it, it doesn't feel like we've spent a ton of time so far in the text discussing that actual part of the that's true. That's true. Yeah, he doesn't talk about how he decides what's duty and yeah. what's not duty. Yeah. Because no one's actually telling him what to do, right? Right. Yeah. He doesn't get letters from. Yeah. And it, I think it just yeah. goes to that saying he assumes a certain set of morals or whatever that like yeah. the reader shares with him, and therefore it's on or like yeah. this is of course how we figure out what our duties are in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. I so guess. anyway, hoping to, hoping to hear more from Marcus about the subject of duty, just yeah. in general. That's that's what's been on my mind. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the one last thought we might cut this out, but like, there is this element. You know, I think we we're both we've both been skirting around this problem where you can take a thing that you have in life, and as soon as you label it duty, in some way it feels negative. Like yeah, took, that's interesting. Just a thing that you were doing. Yeah. And you called it duty, and now it's something that you have. You know, oh, like you know, finally I guess go home and journal yes. about how shitty my duty was like right maybe that's not maybe that's not how marcus would think about it but, yes that's an interesting point but it's like you know there's this you could have framed it as ah, i got to be part of our democracy i have, I have an opportunity to participate opportunity, in our exciting right. and dynamic democratic systems right. but it's but it, but no it's called jury duty and right away it's like here are the three conditions on which you can yeah you, you can get out you can get out and here's the fine if you right. don't participate they don't pitch you on the positives yes it's right yeah. they don't talk about like you know, they don't send you a video, of, a, a clipped video of all the various wonderful moments that were created yeah. in, this, yeah. in this democratic experience. Yeah, well, that's a pretty hard video, or I'm not sure what kind of moments they would be clipping together in that video. a little, like, you know, documentary style, like, you know, I, people talking about how their life changed when they realized that, you know, they're actually... They, they were so individualistic. They felt so isolated. In, in, oh, the way that their, doing jury duty yeah, changed their lives. Yeah, they realized they're actually part of a community <laughs> and the fabric of this, yeah. you know, of this society in a, in a really meaningful way. And jury duty was the thing that opened their eyes to that. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely not the, <laughs> the way that jury duty is framed, at least yeah. in San Francisco. It is very much about obligation. I, I think that's a really interesting point about the duty being sort of a loaded term, at least for us culturally, that, yeah. that it comes across as negative. And I, I guess my knee-jerk reaction to that is I think that might be a sort of modern American thing of mm, like, okay. we're so obsessed with liberty and freedom that anything, that duty implies obligation and obligation implies something negative because it's mm. it, it's at odds with freedom. Interesting. So so maybe you, I think there are. That's the lens in which sorry. That's the lens in which I read Marcus too. He's like constantly. He's like he's the emperor. He has in theory the best life ever. Yeah. And he's constantly like what I read as complaining about his duties. Yeah. But maybe when he says duty, he's like honored. Yeah. By you know, his, the role that he's been given. And maybe he's not such a naked Nancy after all. Yeah. That's interesting. How much of that is just imposed by our reading or the, our, or the, or the translation. Our yeah. Language. Yeah. Um, I do think there's, I mean, I think it's natural even in, in 
times and places that revere the concept of obligation or duty a little bit more to yeah. still feel like, damn, it's annoying that I have to do this thing right now, even if it is yeah. also a source of honor or connection or, or other yeah. desirable things. I, I wonder if we are sort of the peak of the pendulum swinging one way in terms of the yeah. or negativity of the, the concept of duty, because I, it, it feels like, yes, there's a positive framing and a negative framing if you choose to look at it that way. And we are culturally very much on the negative side of what that word means to yeah, us. Yeah, I guess relative to recent history, for sure. Yeah. Who knows where we're ahead of time. I, yeah. I, Seems like not, that, yeah, that's an interesting point. <laughs> it seems like not an accident, maybe, that this particular text is so popular with the folks in the military yeah, in the United yeah, States yeah. for whom duty is a much more relevant sure, concept sure, than sure. the rest of the population. So. That's right. Yeah. All right. Should we, should we, should we dig in? So we are in book three, the sixth bullet point or whatever, whatever we're calling these entries. It's, it's yet another listicle here. So entry number six in book three. I'm excited for this one. Yes. We've cheated ahead and seen at least one line that really intrigues us at the end of this entry. So yeah. here we go. Number six. If at some point in your life, you should come across anything better than justice, honesty, self-control, courage, than a mind satisfied that it has succeeded in enabling you to act rationally and satisfied to accept what's beyond its control. If you find anything better than that, embrace it without reservations. It must be an extraordinary thing indeed and enjoy it to the full. Whoa. But if nothing presents itself that's superior to the spirit that lives within, the one that has subordinated individual desires to itself, that discriminates among impressions, that is broken free of physical temptations, as Socrates used to say, and subordinated itself to the gods and looks out for human beings' welfare. If you find that there's nothing more important or valuable than that, then don't make room for anything but it, for anything that might lead you astray, tempt you off the road, and leave you unable to devote yourself completely to achieving the goodness that is uniquely yours. It would be wrong for anything to stand between you and attaining goodness as a rational being and a citizen. Anything at all. The applause of the crowd, high office, wealth, or self-indulgence. All of them might seem to be compatible with it for a while, but suddenly they control us and sweep us away. So make your choice straightforwardly, once and for all, and stick to it. Choose what's best. Best is what benefits me. As a rational being, then follow through. Or just as an animal, then say so and stand your ground without making a show of it. Just make sure you've done your homework first. Wow. Interesting. This this feels like new territory to me for Marcus a little bit. It's not just the same rehashing of, of ideas we've already heard. I kind of like the rhetorical device he's using about like, go ahead and find something better yeah. than it's kind of braggadocious almost in a way. Like if you find anything better yeah. than go living, yeah, like, no. yeah, must, must be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good, good for you. Can we try to steal that in this for a second? Cause he gives some examples of things that might contest yeah. for being better than justice, honesty, self-control, courage. And the examples he gives are applause of the crowd, high office, wealth, or self-indulgence. Feels pretty, pretty easy to choose between. Them. I mean, like yeah, th that seems like an obvious thing. But yeah. but sort of putting our maybe modern, modern framing hats on. Are there yeah. any other things that could contest? I mean, 
I guess what I struggle with is he's asking the question, can you come across anything better than justice, honesty? Better how? Because I think what he part of what he's saying is like, there are these other things that will tempt you in the short term that are good for a little while. They're, you know, wealth and applause and whatever are maybe good for a bit, but then, you know, then they, they twist you or whatever. And these other bigger virtues, they're better in the, because they're in the more abstract big picture yeah. way. Yeah. So how do we decide which one is, or like, how do, it's almost like you can, you can behave in a short-term way or a long-term way. And obviously the long-term way is better unless you find something even better than that. And it's kind of like, yeah, duh. But in practice, how do we identify when we're choosing these values over the, over the short-term thing? That's a, that's a uh, sort of yeah. winding answer to the, yeah, it, to, it, to your it's question. A, it's a time frame question, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It, it, it almost feels kind of like it's, it's like proof by intimidation or something here where he, <laughs> yeah. he's kind of saying like, you know what? Get I've got, me. I've yeah. got it all figured out. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I've seen the options available and I'm pretty sure the best thing on the table is yeah. truth and justice and honesty. But go ahead, yeah, do your dear thing, whatever. Yeah, you find something better than truth, honesty, and justice, <laughs> self-control. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so, okay, I have a few angles yeah. here. One of them is, let's say you're not born to be the emperor. <laughs> yes, I think that's a great and... a great response to every single thing you <laughs> And like wealth, yes. high office, and these things matter because you know, there is a there is a degree which being really having like you know no access to to any of those things impacts your your life and your future generations' life in yep. really meaningful ways. Yeah, and like the honest and just and self controlled thing to do is just to be like, well, this is this is the world I was born into. I should go plow the field. Yeah, but there are elements of like, well, this is just system is not fair. Yep, yep. This I think I mean. I agree with you, obviously. Again, I think it gets back to a point we've made in previous episodes about a lot of the advice that Marcus is giving here is advice for Roman emperors yeah. and not for everyone else. Because I think you're right. This is top of the Maslow's hierarchy stuff. This is how to navigate the world when you already have all that stuff yeah. covered. Well, so maybe you're right. Maybe he gives the, this is what's best for a Roman emperor. But then he goes on and he has that amazing line, best is what benefits me, italicized me. Yeah. And so maybe, and then he talks about like, so make your choice straightforwardly once for all and stick to it. So maybe what he's saying is like, look, so if you were born, if you were born in an unjust system, if you're, yeah. if you're a political prisoner in a gulag, yeah. and just the world is not fair, and if you know that you know, justice and honesty and self-control will just get you killed and it's, it doesn't make the world any better if you just die, I see. then have a different set of principles. Yeah. Let's stick to it. And there's a beauty to like, just living a principled life. Yeah. And if your principles are, you know, like this part of the system is not fair. And unfortunately the only way for me to survive is to, is to do these different things that would be considered cheating in a, you know, outside of the gulag. Right. Then I have to do those things. And right. I should, I, 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 there's no room for feeling bad about that. Right. And um, yeah, I, I think that is a, that's a, that's an interesting, sensible reading. So that's a way in which this is not just advice for emperors. It's actually advice for anyone. more broadly. And yeah, you could frame, I think what you're just describing as a commitment to justice or something like that in a play, you know, if you're handed an unjust set of cards, then fighting a back, fighting back against a system like that is a commitment to justice. Yeah. And therefore it is kind of in line with his philosophy here. Yeah. Yes. I like reading this as like a, it's, you know, 
pick a philosophy and commit to it. And he's got this thing as a rational being, then follow through, or just as an animal, yeah. mark, then, then say so. I'm doing this as an animal. <laughs> Stand your ground without making a show of it, which yeah. is kind of awesome. So he's basically saying like, okay, so if you're, if you're in sort of an underground and you're, you're like, okay, I'm going to be Robin Hood and like, yeah. Basically, be Robin Hood. Don't be like a senseless backstabber. Like, if you're gonna steal from people, like, have some principles around it. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. And then this bit. I mean, this is just a, make sure you've done your homework. Yeah. <laughs> I boy, does that feel like I, I would really like to know what the translator got up to there because there's no yeah. way he wrote it in those terms yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Just homework. make sure you've done yeah. your homework first. What, what? What do you? I mean, what could he even mean by that? Homework for him is this. It's this act of reflection and identifying whether or not you're operating as a rational being or an animal, I guess. Well, I think that's just make sure you have your principles. Just whatever you're doing, make sure they're principled. Yeah, that's uh, that's homework is lining up your principles. Yeah. Well, because I, I don't think you get to choose if you're a rational being or an animal. Or maybe you do. Maybe you're he's saying like you can choose to have your principles be those of an animal. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I feel like this is about, yeah, there's some course of action you want to take and you need to ask yourself the question, why is it that I want to do this? Thing? Yeah. Is it because I'm a rational being or is it because I'm, yeah. I have some other base instinct that's, that's making me want to do this. And then he's saying, okay, well, depending on which one of the, those it's it is. Base instinct, then at least just stay yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that does seem different yeah. than what I guess I'm accustomed to him, to him yeah. saying, which is mostly about the sort of denial of the base, like, so frequently he sort of yeah. says, if, if it's your animal brain telling you, you know, don't do that. Subord yeah. Instead, subordinate yourself to your mind or whatever. And here he's saying, no, it's okay to follow through on yeah. things your animal mind wants, but be clear and, yeah, announce that that's what you're doing, I guess. I, I dig it. I like it. Because, you know, this makes me think of, like, what makes a character likable in a TV show or a book or something? Mm. It's that they're consistent. It's yeah. that I can see that they have a set of principles like right. you might be the kind of the dopey like hedonistic like kind of does things for themselves person but as long as you are upfront about that and you're yeah. consistent the thing that really bothers me in tv shows is where when when the character all of a sudden switches into something completely out of character right and it's like oh well i just n no longer believe yeah i don't know I, you anymore i don't know you anymore i don't yeah. trust you and that is much more concerning than just yeah. okay this is my friend who's just only talk about themselves. This and is that's what fine. this is what they're like. Yeah, that's okay. Like I know what I'm signing up for. Yeah, yep, I agree. I think this is a he's advocating a form of transparency that's like or and consistency that's just like yeah. yes, it's okay to do animal things if you say hello, I'm being an animal. Hello. This is why I feel the way that I do, and this is why yeah. I will be doing this thing. Animal here. Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. I I think that's right. Yeah, I agree. I I can get on board with that. I. So we haven't actually talked that much about this sentence about best is what benefits me, yeah. italicize. I can't totally Weird. tell. I almost see, like, so there's a there's an M dash before, at least in my copy, there's this dash before it. It almost seems like it's maybe in quotations, kind of. Like, what he says afterwards is responding to the concept of best is what benefits me. Yeah. Because I can't really, t it, it seems a little bit, it doesn't totally fit with the rest of the the entry here to me this concept of best is what benefits me well i think so i think the i guess the way i read it is the first part of this is all about like well for me as the emperor yeah. these are the right things and those are the wrong things yeah but then this the last three sections the section starting with so make your choice straightforward yeah. once for all and stick to it choose what's best right and he's saying like he's kind of 
sick. So what's best? Yeah. Someone else might have a different set of principles that makes sense for them. Right. And so best is what benefits me. Me. Best is the, what it depends on who you are, basically. Yeah. Okay. He's just defining the concept of best, <laughs> like it's sort of, it's like, it, but he's making yeah. the point that it's relative that's to it. Yeah. Yeah. I say that's interesting. I, I, that seems like a very, I mean, best is what benefits me. seems like the most individualistic, like yeah. selfish kind of philosophy imaginable. Basically it's like some wall street, Gordon Gecko stuff. And yeah. It, I don't know. That, does that seem odd to you at all? Well, that's the that's the paradox of stoicism. Where yeah. I think if you're someone who thinks stoicism is silly, yeah. then you. Then I think you see this as a big contradiction. Right. I think if you're someone who's one of those like stoicism believers, yeah. you the reason you're such a big believer in stoicism because you also believe that these are not only are these things right and just and honest and yeah. duty, but they're also things that benefit. Yeah, yeah, th th those uh, things are aligned. And then everything, the whole world is aligned in that, like, yeah. you know, like, you, the reason you follow so is because it makes you a happier person. Yeah. It's not a philosophy of, like, your bottom lip. It's a philosophy of how to live happily yeah. in any circumstances. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think that's a that's a good point. Yeah. I, there, there is still something about the way some of these things are phrased I know, I know. that, I, I, that I reads on a sentence-by-sentence sentence level as, like, the yeah. opposite of the thing that I think we're supposed to take away from yeah. the text. And this is an example of that, actually. Because, yeah. like, to me, what it's part of what this philosophy is about is, yes, there's this big-picture alignment between yeah. you living this self-realized version of yourself and everything else going well in the world. And this feels like the exact opposite of that philosophy it really does, to yeah. me on a There's a way level. to read this text. If, like, if yeah. you're not generous... Yeah. So Marcus in a kind of a journal. Yeah, he's the, the worst. Yeah. Just be like, oh my god, this yeah. guy. Like, yep. Just flip flops from sentence to sentence. Yep. And we're, I guess, it's fun to try to do the version where you're, you just give Marcus all the superpowers. Yes, and, I, I agree. I think it's, yeah. I think that's the right way to read any text. Pretty much is to yeah. be to be charitable to the author and try to meet them wherever that they sort of put the text yeah. but yes i think maybe the point is for me sometimes that takes work and yeah. my, my like yeah, lazy yeah. reading yeah. this is like whoa me too. i don't know if i like this yeah. and then i then i think you're right that if we give him the more generous reading yeah i i find myself more aligned with him yeah uh, i would have been lazily cool this was awesome yeah okay number seven never regard something as doing you good if it makes you betray a trust or lose your sense of shame, or makes you show hatred, suspicion, ill will, or hypocrisy, or a desire for things best done behind closed doors. If you can privilege your own mind, your guiding spirit, and your reverence for its powers, that, that should keep you clear of dramatics of wailing and gnashing of teeth. You won't need solitude, or a cast of thousands either. Above all, you'll be free of fear and desire. And how long your body will contain the soul that inhabits it will cause you not a moment's worry. If it's time for you to go, leave willingly, as you would to accomplish anything that can be done with grace and honor. And concentrate on this, your whole life long, for your mind to be in the right state, the state a rational civic mind should be in. Yeah, yeah that one's hard to argue with, Marcus. This, I think. Is just, this is just a rehash of everything. I agree. This one is be honest and transparent and consistent and and principled yeah exactly um yeah and um, yeah he, he's and getting don't, uh, it, this thing all these 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 chapters always feel 
best for me when I apply them to something recent mm. that happened in my life. Yeah. So here's something very specific, a very yeah. specific example. It's HR policies. Sure. So we're a startup that basically has to build HR policies on the go. Right. So there are these things that happen where it's like, okay, this employee would like to go remote. Yeah. We have a, our current HR policy as written down in Notion is that the policy is two days a week. Yep. So, you know, I guess what this chapter is saying or this section is saying is like never regard something as, as betraying trust or a sense of shame. Like there's a way to treat them and be like, well, this person's really good. And so we're just going to, I mean, it kind of feels silly because like we're not going to let other people do this, but we're going to let this person do it. Yep. And then you live with that and it, it, it sort of like eats away at you. Yeah. And it's just, you make a secret deal decision. with this person. Yeah. Always the wrong decision. And so the thing that, you know, this, this advocate for is just everything's a rule. If yeah. you any, there, everything should always be explainable by what's written down in your HR policies. And so if you're making, you know, yeah, that's true for compensation. That's true for remote work policy. It's true for everything. Yep. And that feels really good. And then you can just sleep at night. No problem. Yep. Yep. I, I yeah, I, th I think that's a nice application of, of what's going on here. I agree that that feels like the kind of situation that Marcus is talking about basically where there's a temptation to do the, okay, we're going to make a secret exception yeah. to our policy because it's convenient for us right now to do so. Yeah. And he, what he's warning, this is actually like advice of the highest order. Yeah. It's like classic, yeah. aha, you have found yourself in a timeless situation. Yeah. Let me, let me guide, well, yes, yeah, let me, true, let me guide you yeah, how to, yeah. to, to deal with that situation. Yeah. Anyone comes to you and has a problem. This yes. is typically just your job as a sounding board. Yes. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, this, this is, strikes me as just very, very, very good advice. Yeah. 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 And I think hard advice to follow a lot of the time because there's, all, there's usually if you're tempted not to follow it, it's because you feel like there's some very good reason why this one time doing something yeah. sneaky or whatever is worth it. But he's saying, no, it never is. I'm trying to think. If there are exceptions, I can't help, you know, like, yeah. I guess our job, uh, yeah. it's, yeah. Fun, it's fun to always yeah. try to or to Yeah, to be little, be little yeah. nerds, yeah. Yes, I mean, I think in practice, there's lots of people don't follow this all the time. And yeah. there are, you know, there are selfish and sneaky ways to get ahead in the world. And people get away with it and sometimes are, are happier, maybe. I That's what's argue that they just have, is, is there an argument there that they still do this? They just have different principles? And that they, you know, if you're Robin Hood and you've already decided that it's okay to steal from the rich, yeah, then it's fine. You don't feel bad. You follow. You don't feel betrayal, trust, or sense of shame because you have different principles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's definitely, yeah. I, so he's being vague, right? If you can privilege your own mind, your your guiding spirit, and your reverence for its powers, that should keep you clear of dramatics. Clear of dramatics. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. Of wailing and gnashing of teeth. Yeah. Above all, you'll be free from fear and desire. So yes, it's pretty like, what does it mean yeah. to privilege your own mind and your guiding spirit? Like, yeah. yeah so maybe if you've just, yeah, if your spirit is ill or yeah. yeah, whatever, it's okay to do these things, then yeah, he, he's not necessarily even discouraging you from yeah. living in accordance with a sort of nasty philosophy, potentially. He's just saying live consistently with your, your values and you, yeah, you won't stay up at night, yeah. which becomes a little bit less exciting as advice. I feel like, like it, that, then I'm, then I'm kind of like, well, Obviously. the more interesting question is 
how to sort of channel your spirit and your mind towards good things and the things you you want to do. And he seems to treat those as almost fixed, that your mind and your spirit are what they are. Oh, right. Is another way of, if I, if I regurgitate that back, is it like the more interesting part of this is not is how to set your principles? Yeah, not, that's... Not stick to, your, stick to your principles. Oh, yeah, of course. But how do you set your principles? Exactly. Yeah, that's a better way of saying what I was trying to say. Yes, exactly. That, that is the... I mean, I think that's a bigger picture remark on the text, that there's a lot of this kind right. of like, life is about living consistently with your principles and morals. And then to me, I'm kind of like, yes, but what should those be? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he... Justice, honesty, self-control, and courage. Yeah, okay. And yeah, it's great. <laughs> yes, I've heard all those listed before. Yeah, How do I... Yeah, yeah, exactly. What, what if justice and honesty seem yeah. like they're at odds with one another? How do yeah. I sort through that situation? No yeah. guidance here. Um, That's true. So I think, I mean, again, I think we've, we've made this point before. My feeling is that he feels that that is beyond the scope of this book or it's sure. already addressed by the, the reader has already sorted through that and this is something else. Basically. The reader himself has already Yes, it. yes, he has already figured out how to deal with that and that's not what he's writing about. Okay, I'm intrigued by the first sentence of, of bullet point number eight. Number eight. The mind of one set straight and purified, colon. No pus, no dirt, no scabs. And not a life cut short by death, like an actor who stops before the play is done, the plot wound up. Neither servility nor arrogance, neither cringing nor disdain, neither excuses nor evasions. That's that's the whole one. Wow. Short one. Short one. <laughs> yeah. He did to add him that it's. You'll feel real nice if you do this. Is that kind of what? Yeah, <laughs> it just it seems like he wanted to work in some similes here. <laughs> he yeah, wants exactly. to. Yeah. I have this idea I about it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I have this idea about an actor, <laughs> kind of related <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, this feels. I, I think the last couple of sentences there are the most interesting to me than neither civility nor arrogance, cringing nor disdain, excuses nor evasion. He's listing all the sort of different forms that this unaligned people Going or whatever yeah, yeah can take. I mean he's done lots of that listing before, but I think that's a nice a nice summary of it. Servility is an interesting one that What does it mean? To me to be serve servile? Yeah, to be servile it's not necessarily a negative thing, which is why I, I'm interested in that exclusion. It just kind of means like following orders and like maybe, I, I think maybe the negative reading of it is like following an orders too much, like like being like a bootlicker or, or blindly following orders. But it's to me, it's not nearly as negative as arrogance or cringing or disdain. So it's kind of interesting to see it included, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number nine, your ability to control your thoughts Treat it with respect. It's all that protects your mind from false perceptions, false to your nature and that of all rational beings. It's what makes thoughtfulness possible and affection for other people and submission to the divine. Huh. First sentence is extremely Marcus. This is the thing that he loves more than anything else. Yes, is can you control your thoughts? What does treat it with respect mean? Treat your thoughts? What's it? I think the it is the ability. He's saying you have an ability to, to manipulate your mind and it's kind of what makes us rational and it's different than, than animals or whatever and revere that because it's a special ability that you have. Okay, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it begs the question, how do you do, like what yeah. does it mean to treat that with respect? But I, I, I think... Cultivate it, yeah. Oh, boy, I was really hoping it's 
Sorry to yeah. kind of take a different... I was no. hoping it meant your thoughts, and it was about, like, you should honor your thoughts. Your thoughts are there for a reason. Like, your uh, subconscious is... But I don't think... You're right. I don't think that's how... I, I, I think what he means, basically, in yeah. a word, is rationality. Yeah. Like, treat your... Yeah. Yeah. And... and this I, is what separates you from animals. I... The thing at the end, it's what makes thoughtfulness possible seems obvious. Like, duh, yes, literally. <laughs> your ability to control your thoughts makes thoughtfulness possible. Thank you, Marcus. Uh, that That is the one that sticks out to me. Is it, It's what makes affection for other people. Is that true? I, I mean, animals have affection for their kin and stuff. I don't think I agree with rationality is what enables affection. Um, well, yeah, it was the animal versus human side of that dynamic there's also the dynamic which is kind of dark which is that if you're someone who can't fully control their thoughts you would hate everyone or yeah or at least be incapable of affection or, yeah yeah like yeah um, and, and I, I that might be a pretty profound idea that like everyone is flawed and has issues and so like you have to be able to construe narratives in your head to love people because if you otherwise, if you let yourself get bogged down by like that one thing that you know everyone's just human and makes mistakes sometimes, then you would hate them all. <laughs> that I mean, that's that's very interesting. <laughs> that is, I think, strikes me as too negative, too cynical. <laughs> because although I mean, that is kind of what he's saying. I always picture Marcus as someone who wouldn't, if he didn't write this journal and force himself, to would hate just everyone. Hate everything and everyone. So that gets at the tension, I think, at the heart of this thing yeah, that we've been talking about, too, because how do, part of me thinks that the opposite is true, that we, we discussed this, yeah. I think, in the past, that he's secretly a big softy, and he yeah. needs to write all this stuff, because otherwise he's always going to get let down or sad because he's... Yeah, yeah he's a puppy dog, Marcus. Yeah, I, I, I guess over the course of our reading so far, I've become more aligned with puppy dog, Marcus, as the yeah. the way I read the text. And so this, like... Without your rationality, everybody is a callous. Like we we can't have any love for one another. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm not sure what I think about it yet, but it doesn't totally comport. I feel like with what we've yeah. heard from him so far. Um, yeah, it's, your ability to control your thoughts is all that protects your mind from false perceptions. Yeah, fine. And makes it possible to have affection for other people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's an interesting premise. I would love to. I, I would love it if he elaborated. Yeah. <laughs> I wish yeah. some of these entries are so long and seem to repeat <laughs> themselves so much. And then he gives us these two sentence ones that are really interesting. Yeah. And then nope, no elaboration. Yeah, we'll move on. <laughs> okay. Number well, number ten starts with a very Marcus yeah, sentimentier. Forget everything else. This full is stop. this. Yeah, full stop. This is like a clickbait. Like he's he's inventing like this is the ads. title of the article. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all caps. Forget everything else. Read this article. Keep keep hold of this alone and remember it, boy. The first windup was not enough. Keep hold of this alone and remember it. Each of us lives only now, this brief instant. The rest has been lived already, or is impossible to see. The span we live is small. Small as the corner of the earth in which we live it. Small as even the greatest renown. Pass from mouth to mouth by short-lived stick figures, ignorant alike of themselves and those long dead. Whew. What about the stick figures? He's saying that we're short-lived stick figures. I think, like, and and his point what is that passing mouth to mouth, renown. Okay, I, I think what he's saying. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I, I agree that pass from mouth to mouth by short-lived stick figures. 
It sounds weird to That's modern amazing. modern ears. I don't I don't <laughs> know about the translation there. There's no way this stick figures. Anyway, yeah. I think I think maybe what he needs is, you know how like the the the, the, the sort of accomplishments of a previous emperor yeah. are then portrayed as stick figures on hieroglyphs um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. canvas or whatever. Yep. Yeah, that's us. And yes, passed from mouth to mouth, as in like through speech. But, yes, yeah, that's that's my reading of it as well. Yes, it's just we life is short. Life is short. We we will be forgotten by history, so bear that in mind and. As a result, live in the present, whatever, revere, yeah. revere the, the present moment. Wow. Yeah, hard, hard to... Wait, it feels wrong to me keep having these chapters where we're like, yep, I agree with this. feels like something is wrong because, I don't know, if something's just correct, then, then maybe we're not thinking deep enough or maybe we're too, I don't know, like, well, sheeple. What are we, Tom? Are we sheeple? Are we poke a hole in this? Well, I guess my reaction to this one is, with the stuff where we say, yep, in some cases it's maybe because Marcus's philosophy has won. Like, it's, maybe this was an interesting, like, the idea that life is short and fleeting and and Mm -hmm. history and the past are all sort of inconsequential, and the future are all sort of inconsequential by comparison, seemed more radical at the time. But for us live in the present and dance like no one's watching is codified in a million different pieces of advice yeah. that we've all been bathed in our entire lives. Yeah. So it feels obvious to us. Well, it might be that. And it also, you're right. And and I think it's also that, you know, it's, you can always write a, there's a, this is kind of a truism. Right. Like, because there's a million ways it can be interpreted. And so, but if, I think yes. what would be really difficult is to give examples of hard choices yes. that you have to make based on these four sentences. Right. And then all of a sudden you can actually have real conversation. But up until that point, it's kind of like, he's not, you know, because there's, there's the carpe diem, like, oh, you know, you should just not show up to work because every day could be your last. Like, right. And then all of a sudden, okay, people start to disagree with that. Like, yeah. you shouldn't save money. You know, yeah. Who cares? Who knows what's going to, you know, the future is unknown. Yeah. Like, so I guess that's, that's the other issue is not only has it been thoroughly ingrained in us as a truism, it's also a little too abstract to really yes. entangle with. And that, that's a kind of unique part of this text, I feel like, that's been, you know, we've been reacting to. Is there's this, because it's yeah. it operates on such a high level, there's more work than for the typical text we engage with for the reader to bring themselves to this text yeah. and figure out how yeah. to use it, I think. And yeah. and maybe you're right. Maybe we, it's it's tough to do this on the fly, though, frankly, to come up with a, yeah. a way that, oh, here's the, the moment in my life where I'm not doing this particular yeah. thing. Um, yeah. it's another I mean he also has a tendency in general to give advice that is lofty and big picture but probably in practice we can all see that it's actually we all know that it's very difficult to live by and that yeah. I mean none of us totally are, are, am I constantly aware of the briefness of life and how I should be yeah. revering every single moment? Of course no, not. I, I, I don't think, yes, myself. yeah, I'm yeah. always getting obsessed with little meaningless yeah. stuff or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so I, I guess another way of looking at this text maybe is just it's a text to come back to to sort of like reset yourself and, reor- and be like, oh, yeah, duh, of course, yeah. Even if it right. feels kind of obvious. And the reason it's so repetitive is because Every day you come back and sit down and read three chapters, and they're all the same. Every time, there's the yeah. same three concepts. Yeah. But you have a different problem that day. Right. Like today I stubbed my toe and it hurt my 
my feelings. And so yeah. you can apply stub toe yeah. to all of the same concepts and remind yourself that, okay, it's going to be all right. Like, you yeah. know, I, life is momentary. And also, you know, it wasn't your fault. That you, you know, it wasn't the, the, it wasn't the step's fault. So you shouldn't be too upset, you know, and, yeah. and they just, whatever that one issue and then tomorrow you come back with a different issue. And yeah. so it's kind of like religion. Yes. Yes. I agree. You know, prayers are just like one, one frame, one set of, classes that you can apply to anything yeah um, yeah i i like that i think i i agree with what you just said and i think there's something very deep and true about it which is that there's really kind of meta about creating this very repetitive text which is kind of like if you come to it every day yeah. with your different problems and the prescription that he gives is always kind of the same advice you come that is yeah. the point of the philosophy on some level that the solution to all your problems is the same and it's this vague living in adherence with this philosophy. Yeah. And so it makes, if you come back to it every day with new problems, eventually you realize, oh, these aren't new problems. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all the same problem if Wait, they can all yeah. be related to Marcus. And this makes me think that we are doing it right where yeah. we have this, at the beginning of every episode, we'll talk about, here's the one thing that maybe that's bothering me. And then yeah. we can go through and read it and comments yeah. on that one thing I, for us i like that yes i uh, agree what is the one how you know what what is this relevance you for you you know more recently forget everything else keep hold of this one remember each of us lives now this brief instant is there something in particular for you that this is relevant yeah i i mean for me i think that it resonates the most in that sort of don't waste your time and the the way that resonates for me in in my life right now is being single and uh yeah. not wanting to waste my time you know as a wallowing in self-pity yeah well I, i'm not <laughs> that's that feels that feels harsh yeah <laughs> i don't feel like i'm wallowing in self-pity but i i am taking my time maybe and i could there is a a feeling of oh you know i'm young right now and my life won't be the way that it is right now forever and mm. maybe yeah I, I yeah. could be, yeah, I could be moving more quickly. Oh. Yeah, that's, that, I guess that's that's my knee-jerk personal reaction to this yeah. this entry. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how it's supposed to be read. Yeah, I agree. In the margins, you would scribble, like... This is what's going on for get me, Get on right? the dating app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I like that. I think I like what you just suggested, which is maybe even at the beginning of the episode in a more ritualized way, we could kind of say... Here's what I'm expecting to apply to the text with Marcus. I mean, I think we've sort of informally been doing that, but there's that can almost frame our episodes a little bit about like what's going on in our lives that we expect Marcus might have something to say yeah. about, and then see if we find anything for him to say about yeah. in the episode itself. That's yeah, cool. I, I like that. I think that's a, a, a cool approach. Okay, how are we on time? I guess there's no way to know. Boy, the display doesn't tell you how long you've been recording for. 50 minutes. Oh, 50 minutes. Okay. Should we keep going a little longer? One more entry? We can add One more entry. Party. This is okay. a fatty. Yeah, I agree. It's a, we can finish it. Oh, yeah. Wow, it is a fatty. Okay, we should do at least How one. much more? Oh, my gosh. We're almost done with book three, actually. Oh, really? We have like... We have one, two, three, six four, more five. Entries. But there's six, but they're small. So we could maybe just stop here or we could yeah, okay. finish it. Maybe let's stop. Here, I think 50 ish minutes is a pretty good length, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. That's yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. Anything we want to wrap up with here before we go? We got one probably one more episode before we get through book three. We are still in Carnuntum with absolutely no yeah. relation between the text and the book chapters, yeah. No, I enjoyed this chapter, yeah, me too. Good to be, good to be back, yeah. yeah. I think we 
we have lucked into a text that really lends itself to this format, I think, because it is the kind of text where we can dip in and out and see what it means for our lives right now. And uh, yeah, I think we have some good ideas for how this will work moving forward. So Bye -bye. see you later.